This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. The primal question is the programming by which we make all of our choices, our decisions, and how we do relationship. You cannot be in a healthy relationship or even a relationship period with somebody who continually answers your primal question with a no or a maybe. Dear young married couple, what if everything you do in this life from the career path that you've chosen to the ministerial impact that you try to make, even to the movements that you make in your marriage, all boil down to one question. Today, we have the privilege of talking to Mike Foster, who wrote the book, Seven Primal Questions. It's an incredible book that really gets at the heart of uh, the questions we ask ourselves that motivate all of our actions and feelings. Mike is an executive coach to so many high zoot people from Navy SEALs to Chick-fil-A owners um, to CEOs of huge companies. And he's also coached and counseled stay-at-home parents and um, people, everyday folk like us. And in fact, in this episode... We got our own therapy session. (laughs) So you're going to enjoy that. Yes, so you get to hear him counsel us um, about our particular primal questions. So there are seven primal questions. He boils down uh, what each question is about, and then he also gives us some counseling on our our two primal questions. Yes, so without further ado, let's jump into the podcast. Mike Foster, welcome to the podcast. So glad you can be with us. Man, I'm excited to dive into... uh this conversation with you guys it's it's an honor yes well it's an honor for us that you've joined us today and we love your work Uh, we're fans of your work both personally and professionally and i'm sure that once everyone tunes in today they're going to be taking the assessment getting the book and um, we're looking forward to diving into the seven primal questions so tell us about what are okay what is the seven primal questions and why does it matter for people or why should they care? Yeah. So, uh, been working on this project for about five years, uh, 6,000 hours of one-on-one interviews, uh, 
you know, deep research into attachment theory, trauma, um, what makes people great at what they do. Mm. Uh, did, you know, group labs with, with small groups and uh, have done a lot of executive coaching and, and counseling with uh, all kinds of people over the last uh, 20 plus years now. And awesome. um, the primal, the reason why we should care about our primal question, because at, at the core, at the root of it, it is the primal question is the programming by which we make all of our choices, our decisions, mm -hmm. uh, and how we do relationship. Mm -hmm. And so if we're not aware of the primal question and really the command center of our emotional life, that we really do ourselves a, a huge disservice. And so mm -hmm. um, what I've done over the, with the book and the assessment and the really just all the research is trying to make something very complex, very simple and boiling it all down to a question. If we can understand what our question is, then we become really empowered in our lives and in our relationships. So that's why I think it's really, really important because yeah. to not know it means we're really living in the fog and we're living in a lot of confusion in terms of like, why am I getting triggered? Why am I so upset? Why do I uh, self-sabotage myself? Why are my relationships not working? Why is my marriage struggling? It's all because of your primal question. Yeah, it is. It impacts your marriage. It impacts your parenting. It impacts your career path, your ministry, and what you seek to achieve or to do in this world um, and how you seek to make an impact. Absolutely. So, you know, it, I, I really like, I love talking about this topic because it, it's, it's like a revelation to people once they have language for it and see mm -hmm. it, because everything sort of makes sense once you know your primal question and you're yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's why I do that. Or that's why I get so angry when my spouse says this to me, or <laughs> this is why my parenting style is focused on, you know, making my kids feel safe and secure versus, mm, you know, m wanting them to feel successful or, uh, want to, like all the different things of like, it just clicks. And so I'm helping people click in, <laughs> into like the thing underneath the thing that drives everything. Yes. I love that. Yeah. So let's help people click right now. <laughs> yes. Can you go through the seven primal questions? So, and maybe describe them a little bit. Um, so people can start to say, okay, maybe that's it. And then, yes. we'll, and then we'll jump off from there probably. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, um, first and foremost, let me just kind of give you kind of how it, how the concept works. So in our early childhood, we get imprinted with, the primal question and it's one question that we had in our childhood that either went unanswered was confusing to us or was answered with a big no so uh what happens is then as kids we we sort of carry this question subconsciously into our adult lives and we keep asking this primal question over and over again to our spouse to our friends to society at large and when we get an, a yes to that primal question, our life is good. It feels good. Mm -hmm. But when we get a no or a maybe, we go into what I call the scramble. And the scramble is all the unhelpful things we do in our lives, like people pleasing, uh, uh, workaholicism, mm -hmm. uh, performance addiction. Uh, 
hypervigilance, control, this, all the things that we do in our scramble to try to force the answer back to a yes to our primal question. So that's kind of the, the concept in a very basic sense. Now, let me, let me kind of unpack really quickly the seven questions and we can talk more deeply about each one, but let me give you the seven. And um, uh, the first one is just question number one, am I safe? These are people who typically were imprinted in their early childhood with uh, really families and and contexts that were chaotic, abusive, trauma, neglect. And so the fundamental question that they're asking as a child is, am I safe? Okay. And and they never felt safe. And so now they carry this question into their adult lives and they keep asking it over and over again. It's actually my primal question. I, I'll share more about that later but but if that question plays out in lots of different ways for me all the way from i've got 20 nightlights in my house mm, um yep. i don't do anything where i might get hurt uh but i also um you know it is the main issue in my marriage making sure that my wife is answering my primal question with a yes mm -hmm. and so that has to do like one of the things that helps me feel safe in our marriage is uh, clear communication. Like, I don't want any surprises. Mm -hmm. Okay. Obviously, with my primal question of am I safe, you know, throwing Mike Foster a surprise party is probably a bad <laughs> idea, right? <laughs> or, you know, and, and so just understanding that about myself, understanding that about my needs. So my wife, you know, we work really hard to communicate very clearly because with my primal question, that's what I want. I want the truth. Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel like something's off yeah. Or that something's being hidden that I don't know about. Because part of my scramble as at Q1 is hypervigilance and hyper control. See, yeah. I believe that if I can control all the variables, manage all the risks, predict what's going to happen in the future, then I'll be safe. Mm, and that was okay. my coping mechanisms as a kid to figure out how to make myself mm. safe. Um, Do you get false positives? It, in terms of the, the question? So like, so, you know, you're trying to connect with your wife and maybe you don't feel safe and, and you start to kind of bore in like, Hey, what's going on? What's wrong? And she's like, dude, everything's fine. Like, why are yes. you asking this? Absolutely. I, I think that's the, and that's what's really important in relationships is that there could be lots of reasons why I don't feel safe and maybe none of them have to anything to do with my wife. But I know because that question is inflamed right now and I'm not feeling safe there, I'm going to, I'm going to be in my scramble with my spouse. Okay. Yeah. Which is not a good relationship. That's not going to set us up for a good relationship. Right. So what my spouse needs to do is say, okay, we need to talk about safety. Mike, where do you not feel safe in your life? What, what part of your life feels out of control? Cause it could be work related. Mm -hmm. It could be a friendship. It could be, you know, I had a, had a rough meeting, um, with somebody. I feel like, oh, financially we're, we're, we don't have enough in the bank, whatever it might be in terms of safety. Mm. That's the conversation I need to have with my spouse. So whether it's her or not, that's mm. always going to be the reason why there's conflict or friction or disconnect in a relationship. Yeah. Because fundamentally what, what I tell couples and I tell uh, bosses this and leaders and parents that that at the at the core of this, 
you cannot be in a healthy relationship or even a relationship period with somebody who continually answers your primal question with a no or a maybe. <sighs> so the people that we love and care about, we want to make sure that they are aware of our primal question and they're aware about how to answer it with a yes, but also aware of some of the things that they might be doing that answer it with a no. So that's where my wife and I talk about all the time safety and then her primal question which is uh, primal question number three am i loved so i talk to her about how do i best answer your primal question with a yes how can i make you feel loved and also what can i what, what do i need to stop doing where i'm unintentionally answering your primal question with a no or a maybe mm. so it's really good yeah and that's where the communication goes and you know to adam to your question of false false positives, it may have nothing to do with your spouse, but it, it's, it certainly is going to be relevant to your marriage mm. because if you're man, if you're in the scramble, it's going to be hard to have it hard to have a healthy relationship with me. Yeah. That's really helpful because, you know, things could be falling apart on your job, but you could look to your wife because you can kind of control that situation and say, hey, fulfill me here with my safety. And she's like, I am right Look over there. <laughs> that's mm. falling apart. That's probably why you're feeling unsafe. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and, and then I, you know, the thing that we talk, I talk a lot about in the book is this whole concept of self-leadership. I don't give my wife the full responsibility of making me feel safe. Okay. I have to lead myself well in there, in that. And mm -hmm. I need to self-answer my own question. I need to, you know, one of the things I, one of the concepts in the book is as long as we're living in our primal question, we're going to get yeses and nos. Mm. So the prescription, yeah. like if I was a doctor and I was going to write a prescription for your primal question, I'd say, stop asking the question and start living in what we call the primal truth, where we take our question and turn it into a statement where am I safe becomes I am safe. Love that. Where am I loved becomes I am loved. Mm -hmm. And so that's our work. That's our inner work. That's our own therapy and counseling where we take responsibility for our highest emotional need. And then we invite our spouse, our close friends also into participating mm -hmm. with that mm -hmm. with us. Yep. But my spouse is not responsible for all of my safety. Mm. That's so good. So I know that some of the questions have um, like a male female ratio where it's weighted. Um, mm -hmm. Does question number one have a, a weight? Like, it, do you find that more men or women have this question? Well, I think what in terms of the genders on this one is I think our society has taught men that not feeling safe is a, a form of weakness yeah. and uh, not not in the portfolio of uh, true masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of men struggle with that in a sense where there's some shame around that or embarrassment around that. But one of the things I, I teach people is that whatever your primal question is, it's an imprint from your childhood and you didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. It was simply an experience that you had, an emotional need that went unmet mm. or something that was confused. Like my my question of am I safe happened because of, of abuse. Okay? okay. Family friend abused me and 
that was a, an event, a trauma that happened in my story. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Now I don't need to be embarrassed about the fact right. that because of that trauma, I now safety is, is my highest emotional need in terms of living my best life. Right. It's just a reality. Mm -hmm. And so we really have to just encourage people to embrace what is and own it. And it's nothing to be embarrassed about. In fact, there's nothing wrong with having a primal question. The only thing that's wrong is when we're living in our scramble because of our primal question. Mm. And so the primal question is just language that says, hey, listen, I have this need. And when this need goes unmet, I am not, I am not my best self. Okay. Mm. I live in the scramble. Mm -hmm. And so, cause we, as human beings, we're going to get that need met. So one way or the other, so and I'll, I'll take this to question three, the, am I loved question? This is the, the people with this question often struggle with, um, or I, I would say the extreme dysfunctional part of this uh, question or the scramble, the really the destructive part of the scramble with this question is infidelity. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you have the need for love to be known, seen, appreciated, valued, right? Mm -hmm. You have that. And if you're not getting that in your primary relationship with your spouse, you still have that need. Mm. Okay. And so that's where it's like, okay, I've got to, I've got to force a yes. I'm getting a no from my spouse. I'm mm. not feeling loved. So I'm going to go get love somewhere else. Mm. And so we've got to be aware of we can't fight against emotional needs. What we need to do is manage them well, talk about them and, um, you know, meet them in healthy ways. Right. You know, I can meet my safety, um, need by reminding myself I'm six, four, 220 pounds. Okay. I forget uh -huh. that sometimes <laughs> I can meet my safety need by going, you know what? I got locks on my doors. I live in a nice suburban neighborhood of San Diego. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm not in danger. Okay. Right. So you just um, remind yourself of the reality and kind of yes. replace that, that question with a true cognition. Like CBT. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the primal truth, right? The mm -hmm. truth of my safety, the truth of you being loved, the yeah. truth of whatever your question is, you don't have to keep, it's natural for a kid to ask the question and to keep asking a question, but we're now adults. Mm -hmm. And we can remind like, hey, no, I think I actually am safe. I'm no longer this little little kid anymore. Yeah. I can protect myself, right? Right. So, so some of that, that again, that's the self-leadership part that we talk about or that I talk about in the book is it's so critical. It's like we have to take responsibility for that emotional need. And when it's not being met in our marriage or in our relationship, we we need to talk about that with our spouse and we need to find positive, helpful solutions that have that emotional need met. Okay. Mm -hmm. I love that because, you know, you're just not, you, you don't want to get a maybe or a no. And sometimes people are trying to get the yes, you know, they figured out, but in healthy, unhealthy ways. So you're saying, yes. make sure it's being met. Um, maybe not the way you've been trying that hasn't been helpful, yeah. but get it met in a healthy way. And that's proactive. Exactly. Exactly. Because a scramble is the unhealthy way. That's where we're yeah. forcing the answer back to a yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's my force. My force, you know, you said, so my force is hyper control. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, I don't want to live that way. Uh, my wife doesn't want me living that way. 
my friends don't want me living that way, but it's, it's a solution, not the best solution. Yeah. So perhaps maybe a better solution is not me uh, fixing things in my scramble. It's me living my primal truth, reminding myself, you know what? I am safe. I'm going to be okay. It's really good. So the scramble then is like the dysfunctional behavior, the addiction, the control factor, the stuff the we do, pleasing, the, the overgiving, the overs, yeah. all the stuff that we do uh-huh. that we kind of figure they're coping mechanisms. They're little strategies that we figured out yeah. as kids to get our needs met. That's interesting. That. Yeah. Okay. Phyllis saying, what's the next one? The next. Primal. So yeah. Question two is, am I secure? And this really has to do with financial resource. Do I have enough financial resource mm-hmm. to, to uh, survive and protect myself yeah. and be able to get through uh, my week? And these are typically people who grew up in homes where there just wasn't enough. Uh, you know, Christmas was downsized, bill collectors calling or knocking on the door. Uh, mom and dad were always scraping, uh, you know, money just to get by. And so it was this, this financial instability in their Mm -hmm. lives. And so now they grew up and they may have great jobs right now. They may have, um, you know, making, making good money, but they still feel like they don't have enough. They're always Mm -hmm. checking their bank accounts. They're always, perhaps they, they, they are uh, tight wads and, and feel like, you know, it's only a matter of days before we're, we're thrown out of our house or our, mm-hmm. our apartment because we're going to, I'm going to lose my job. And so their whole yeah. kind of lens of how they see the world is through scarcity and not having enough money. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that's going to impact your relationship. That's going to impact a lot of different things. So again, mm-hmm. with that person, we want to remind them that they do have enough, that they are secure. Funny enough, these people tend to actually be really good with their finances. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Because yes. they don't yeah. want to experience that no yes. to their primal mm-hmm. question of am I uh, secure? Right. You know, so um, question three is am I loved, which we've already kind of talked about. Question four is am I wanted? And this is really about belonging, uh, feeling connected, uh, being pursued. Uh, you know, the, the typically these kids probably experienced uh, rejection mm-hmm. or were left out or mm-hmm. overlooked. A lot of times the research shows that uh, uh, families that went through divorce where mm-hmm. one of the parents stopped sort of interacting or engaging or pursuing the mm-hmm. child, okay. they get imprinted with the question of, am I wanted? And how is that different from am I loved? Yes. So, so am I loved is, uh, and, and one of the things I do in the book is like each question I unpack, like the profile and really some of the, the key uh, factors that, that are uh, attached to the question. Mm. But one of the things that's really important in sort of defining our question is understanding what I call our kryptonite. And our kryptonite is the thing that will send us uh, immediately into our scramble. It's like somebody comes and they shake our snow globe and all of a sudden we're like, Oh my gosh, I just got a big old no, big fat no to my primal question. Yeah. And then I'm going like full scramble mode. So the difference between am I loved and am I wanted is, uh, lots of different profile things, but their kryptonite's different. Okay. So for an am I loved person, uh, their kryptonite is indifference. It's where, uh, you know, I can take you or leave you. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, 
kind of care, but I kind of don't. Um, mm -hmm. and there's sort of this, this kind of like, uh, blase approach to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to know you. I'm not really asking questions. I'm not really, really that interested. Okay. That's the kryptonite that's going to send somebody with the, am I loved question into their, their scramble. Yep. But the kryptonite for am I wanted question four is rejection. Okay. Okay. Mm. So this is, this is a, I, I would say just like an extreme version of indifference. And really it's very different. Indifference is like, I'll still have you around. Right. But you know, you're kind of an add on or an extra, mm. but rejection for a Q4 will send, this is like, I don't want you. I'm firing you from this job. Mm. I'm breaking up with you. Mm. That's a much more intense thing for a Q4 than a Q3. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And it is that one of the things with the questions is that the questions are in a particular order. So one of the concepts in, that I talk about in the book is this whole idea of a satellite question. So the question next to your primal question is also very relevant to your life. So hmm. for example, like Carissa, we know you're at Q3, right? Yeah. Your primal question is, am I loved? Well, the question four, am I wanted? Or question two, am I secure, are also going to be uh, relevant to you in terms of an emotional need that you have. Okay. Now, it's not going to necessarily be as strong as the am I loved, which is mm -hmm. your primal, but wondering whether you're wanted is going to be relevant to you. Yeah. So they hit uh, close, closer than something on the other end of the I spectrum. I definitely see that's true, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so since we're talking about my primal question, let's pause Please. at question three. So yes. Adam and I were talking about this. So we both grew up in very healthy homes. And we were talking about our primal questions. Mine's number three. His is, um, do I have purpose number? Is that number seven? Question seven, yes. Yeah. And we were like, interestingly, of all seven questions, we both would say that was the question that was answered best in our homes. Mm. So like my parents are like the most loving people. Answer they're for known, you though, so he could shrink you. Yeah. So shrink me. <laughs> um, they're known for being like the most loving people. And I felt immensely loved and feel immensely loved. Super tight family circle, but like yeah. even the extended family is very tight and yeah. very loving and over appreciative for everything. And <laughs> so we're like, I wonder if that in some way contributed to me having that strong need then as an adult. So um, she got out in the world is like, wait, everybody isn't like my family. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So how well, would you answer that? Yeah, totally. I, I, well, number one, like what a, what an incredible blessing to like grow up in a healthy, functional family. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things in terms of the early childhood imprint, there doesn't necessarily have to be this extreme trauma or neglect right. or these really bad things happening in our childhood. There just has to be some confusion okay, mm, okay. or some lack of clarity. So one of the things that may have happened, and, and so it could be very confusing to you, Carissa, to be in the context of your family as a mm -hmm. child, and then you go to school and not everybody loves you. Ah, okay. okay. Mm. Yeah. Or mm. you have a friend who goes, actually, I hate you. Mm. Okay. Mm. And that becomes confusing for you. And then all of a sudden, like, just you don't understand, like, necessarily how the rules of love work. The mm. other thing, and I won't put, I'm not saying this is true of your family, but this, this could be true, is that 
the definition of love, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps the definition of love was about being nice and good and smiling okay. and friendly. But what is, how does love fit in when things are messy and hard and truthful? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that part of it wasn't necessarily as demonstrated as clearly. And now you're trying to incorporate what love is. And, and you may be getting a lot of other messaging around love, or mm. there's maybe this high pressure to be, um, you know, uh, I don't know, just, just good and loving and do the right things. And mm. as long as everybody's getting along, life is good. And this okay. is what it, what it looks like. So again, it just could be confusing to a child to where they're not quite sure how this whole love thing works. Okay. And whether I'm loved, like could be, am I loved as I am? Because I'm getting it from my parents, but I'm not getting it from maybe other adult figures or other classmates. Mm. And so there's just confusion. Yeah. yeah. But you clearly need love. And that's, yeah. that's, let's, let's embrace that. And Adam, you need to be very clear on how to answer her primal question of, am I loved with a yes? Mm-hmm. Mm. So yeah. let me, let me ask you guys, and we'll do like a mini therapy thing. Let's do this it. This is great. <laughs> Carissa, how does Adam answer your primal question with a yes? What does he need to do? Hey guys, we've got an exciting announcement that's bound to set your hearts on fire. As you know, we believe in the kind of relationships where conversations about sensitive topics like sex and intimacy can happen with ease. But after conversations and sessions with so many of you, we know that people carry barriers and misconceptions about these topics. And it's often rooted in childhood or personal beliefs about the Bible and sex. But don't you worry. We have something incredible coming your way. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. It's time to take your marriage to a whole new level. Introducing the Eros Conference. Eros, derived from the Greek word for erotic love, is the passionate, sensual, and romantic love that fuels the fire of intimacy between a husband and wife. It's the kind of love that intensifies with selflessness and diminishes with selfishness. It's a love that reflects our creator. God uses marriage and sexuality as a parallel to demonstrate his love to the church. And we're here to help you understand that connection on a deeper level. So mark your calendars and get ready for an experience like no other. The Eros Conference is coming to three convenient locations in 2024. And trust me, you want to be there. First up, join us in Indianapolis on January 26th through 27th, 
2024. It's going to be a memorable start to the year. Or if you want a hot summer vacay, pack your bags and head to the Gulf Coast. On June 21st and 22nd, 2024, we'll be in Biloxi, Mississippi. And finally, we're wrapping up our year in Houston. On November 1st and 2nd, 2024, it's going to be a Texas-sized experience. <laughs> All right, guys, so don't waste time. Your marriage deserves the best. And the Eros Conference is where it all begins. At Eros, we're going to bring you biblically-based and scientifically sound tools. So join us because it's time to strengthen your emotional and sexual intimacy and feel more connected than ever. Just click the link in the show notes to register. We'll see you there. So um, just kind of thinking of the five love languages, like words of affirmation are huge Mm -hmm. for me. I received a lot of that growing up. And so he's learned to really affirm me. Um, his presence. You, and, and I'm going to play my therapist here because one of the yeah. things I love is, and is specificity. Yeah. So we got words of affirmation, but what area of your life do you especially want affirmation in? Mm-hmm. So we're like, cause I want this to be like a resounding yes from Adam. Okay. And I want to give Adam just like one or two spe- really specific things to do so that he can like all the time do this. And you're getting all these really great, strong yeses. Wow. And it's not sort of these light yeses or these little yeses. It's like yeah. strong. So affirm me in what area? Help okay. Me um, man, this is, this is good. I'm having to really dig. So affirm me as your like your wife that's enough and as mm. a mom that's mm. enough so in what way being a wife that you're enough like that i that you satiate my need for a wife yeah like um i think that i'm qualified you know like mm. to be your wife so that i'm satisfied or about you being I think more in terms of, um, probably more in terms of like public facing, like that I'm, I'm qualified to be on your arm, Mm. you know, like that we're a, we're a pair that fits, that we match Mm. and you affirm me as that match. Mm. That's good. So like, are you saying, Carissa, you want Adam to affirm you in public and in front of other people and like say, I am so glad Carissa is my wife. She's an amazing wife. Is this what you're the, the kind of, yeah. this, is this how I answer your primal question with the yes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That fits. Yeah, I can't tell people in private anymore to do it in public. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And that's a really big distinction, right? Because yeah. Adam could be doing that in private all the time. He's like, oh, you're such a great wife. I love that you're my wife. But you're actually looking for something a, a bit more specific, public affirmation of being your wife and what yeah. a great wife you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I and then I'm that. like, is that, does that make me prideful? Like, <laughs> well, but that is truly what hits home for me. Cause you do that. And when mm-hmm. you do like I beam, you know, like, yeah. yeah it, okay. It so meets the you, need. Krista, you brought up a really interesting statement right there. Is this prideful? Right. Mm-hmm. So this is what we always do when we ask for our needs or talk about our needs, mm-hmm. we judge them. Okay. All of us do that. We need to stop that. Mm. And we just need to state the need as raw and as specific and whatever it is and state it. Because otherwise, if if Adam doesn't, isn't like 
have the ability or the clarity or the game plan of how to answer that need, you'll have that need answered somewhere else, or you'll go without that need met. And then all of a sudden you're going to feel more disconnected from him. You're going to, you're going to start getting maybes to your primal question. Okay. Instead of the big yeses. So we, and every, every listener needs to know this, like stop judging your needs. Yeah. Start stating your needs in specific ways so the people that love you most and care about you most can be proactive in meeting those. Now, they can't do it 100% of the time. They're mm-hmm. not 100% responsible, but they want to participate. But we got to know what to do. When I do couples counseling, I did what we just did here. With, yeah. And you know what, Chris? Said? Most people say, uh, I have no idea how Adam can answer my primal question. Mm-hmm. I've never even thought about it. And then we wonder why our needs never get actually met because that's we never good. actually stated them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's true. Yeah. yeah. You haven't started the game. So, yeah, I love, I love that you're having us dig. This is so great. We're having a therapy session on our own yeah. podcast. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. Welcome to the therapy session. It fits though. And even thinking about my scramble. So I'm a yes person, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I have a deep need to please. And I'm definitely a no person. And he's a no person. <laughs> uh-huh. And so those, that's been one of our conflicts, but, um, you know, there was a season in our lives where like I was gone, whether it was for school, work, ministry, mentorship, like I was helping and serving and learning and growing in so many ways outside our home. I was gone every, you know, hour that was light in the day and some dark hours. So like, and that was, that was a hard part of our marriage where Mm -hmm. it was just me probably thinking in terms of the primal question, like trying to get that need met. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Anytime you're over indexing on something, I promise you it's your primal question trying to get answered. Yes. Mm -hmm. So all the stuff that you're doing, try to show up for everybody else. You're just trying, you're seeking yeses. Am I loved? Mm -hmm. You want me here? Am I valued? Yes. But at at the, at the um, cost of your primary relationship. And again, that's why I'm saying like, Adam, you got to be really strategic and intentional to answer yes mm. to her primal question. Otherwise, she's going to start doing other things. She's right. going to go I find that. I was trying, Mike. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. But that's some of the awareness, right? Yeah. Yeah. Until no, we're good. aware of it, we can't really like, oh, that's what was going on there. Right. By the way, Chris, one other thing, and this is, a, this is probably my favorite part of the primal question. I totally see it in you, is what I call the primal gift. Okay. Right? And the primal gift is where we take our our own primal question and we put it over everybody else and we assume they're asking the exact same question. Mm -hmm. So Carissa's primal question is, am I loved? So everybody that Carissa meets in the world is is carrying the am I loved question over their head. (laughs) And Carissa is going to interact with that person to make sure that she answers it with a yes. Yep. Yep. She's, she's extremely loving and gracious to everyone she meets. That's right. So true. And that's a gift and a gift you want to look to deploy and use and think of all the different ways that you can, um, maximize that in your life and your relationships and in your work. For example, my mind's, am I safe? So I put, am I safe over everybody that what, that's why People tell me their deepest, darkest secrets in five minutes because they feel safe with me. Obviously, yeah, you're so good at it. But that that's the gift part that comes from us. Well, basically, you have a Ph.D. in love because you've been studying it and needing it and wanting it and thinking about all the different variations of it. 
since you were a child. Yeah. I have a PhD in safety. I've been studying it, understand mm -hmm. it, uh, looked at it a thousand different ways because I've been doing that since I was a child. Yeah. This is the thing that I need. So that's a gift. And that's mm -hmm. something that would really, you know, again, the primal question isn't a problem. The scramble is mm -hmm. a problem, but it's an opportunity mm -hmm. for clarity about like, hey, not only what my own needs are, but also what my gift is. Yeah. Right. Oh, man. I love this that. This is so enriching. Because I, I mean, just applying what you're saying to her, the primal gift, I'm always seeing potential and where people could be going mm -hmm. and speaking those truths into people. Yeah. Because, of course, I see everybody needing purpose or yeah. on their way to purpose. Even if I'm they're like not asking that question. them on, you know, like, like, yes. yes. You need to be asking this question. Yeah. yeah. And yes. my degree is in philosophy and apologetics, which is all <laughs> yep. purpose. Yeah. Well, Adam, on your question, which is question seven, one of the uh, interesting factors that came in the research is that a lot of people who grew up in faith-based homes, which it sounds like you did. Yep. Yep. have the question, do I have a purpose? Because again, this isn't a negative thing. This is just what was in the 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 family uh, water that you were swimming in is so that true. you're going to do great things for God. God has mm -hmm. his hand on your life. You have a great purpose for your life. Mm -hmm. And so that was just the system that you grew up with. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the, the problem with a Q7 is often they struggle with a lot of uh, calling angst. Mm -hmm. where they're not sure they're doing enough, that they're not having enough impact. Yep. Mm -hmm. Is this where God wants me to be? Or does he want me over here and this other thing? So there's often a lot of angst because they're living in that question of, do I have a purpose? Mm -hmm. And they're not sure. Yeah. Instead of showing up and saying, I do have a purpose. I have a purpose. I've always had a purpose. Today is full of purpose and living living that way. By the way, mm -hmm. they, they make great visionaries, great leaders. They they see things in the future that other people don't see. Mm -hmm. And it's because again, you've been studying purpose and yeah. impact your yeah. entire life. So, true. so true. Okay, so since we're doing <laughs> therapy for us, so yes. can we stick with question seven? Then we'll go back to five and six. But Please. Um, how can I um, answer that with a resounding yes for you? Um, what, what does that look like? Something specific, like Mike said, what's something specific that I can do or say? I was thinking about that because I was like, mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure. Um, so, okay, you know, six types of working genius. Pat Lucioni, mm -hmm. yeah. Pat Lucioni. Oh, yes. I am totally the wonderer idea guy, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. She is the T, like tenacity, get it done real fast. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and she has very little, um, very little tolerance for staying <laughs> in ideas. True. But there are aspects of our business that we have to um, really work on, uh, like ideas and yeah. and so I, i'm a reader as you can probably see and that's mm -hmm. one bookshelf so that of he course, built by the yeah, way that's nice <laughs> but that is that is purpose for me so i'm whenever i'm digging i'm going into purpose i think yeah. there's probably one thing that i've been feeling is like krista is brilliant and um she has so much knowledge in the past of what she's learned but i'm like hey in order to do what we do, we have to continually be growing together. Mm. I said this actually mm. today. Yeah. I was like, we need to be doing these things together so that we have always never being like, of course, probably typical seven, never satisfied, 
Yes. I'm thankful and grateful for what I've accomplished and what I know, but I'm, I'm never like, okay, now I could just go rest on my laurels and be okay. <laughs> we have to grow. True. And so yeah. I think when we do things together, reading a book, growing together as a couple, yeah. going to trainings, taking those things seriously, that's probably when I feel most connected with you. So is it us going and, together and reading together or is it specifically when I affirm that the pursuit you want us to do together is worthy? Probably both because I don't need as much as the words of affirmation as okay. I do want a partner in the pursuit. Yeah, no, that makes sense. One of the things that happens uh, in terms of getting a no to a Q7, uh, and I know we we're talking about yeses, but but a no to a Q7 is going to be when you take the Q7 away from vision and ideation and dreams and the big picture and wanting to bring them down to process, mm. the nuts and bolts. Let's, let's, uh, you know, suck all the wind out of the, the, all the air out of the room and talk about, well, why we can't do that, why that's not going to work mm. or, oh, we've got to do this first. We have these five steps that's deflating to a Q7. Now, listen, Adam, you've got to, you know, this as, as a smart business guy that yes, we have to have ideation and big ideas and, mm. you know, charge the hill. But yes, processes are also important, mm -hmm. yeah. but you've got to, you know, Chris uh, and Adam, you guys got to be aware of like, when you, when you move, when you remove Adam from the big vision, that's not going to feel as good mm -hmm. as just kind of going on like, yeah, we could do this and that. And wouldn't it be fun to travel to Greece this summer and whatever the vision is, right? impact, significance, meaning. Those are the themes that Adam wants to be around. Not like, well, let's talk about the budget and <laughs> the limited resources we have. And so that's not going to happen this year. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> right? Yes. I've actually balanced a lot, I think, no, around has, in, that, sure. in that area. He has. I think the visionary though part has helped in the sense of like, I know where we're going mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I want to have con conversations around those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you don't want to just tread water and like stick with where we are. You want to know like what's next? What are we yeah, aiming for? I want to have a plan for that. Well, and, and again, the, the beauty about, about this is that you guys now have uh, to, you know each other's question. In that question, there is a lot to discuss. Uh, when you get into conflict, you don't need to wonder anymore what's going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's somebody's primal question got uh, uh, answered with a no or a maybe, and yep. that's the reason why the conflict. And so it's just going to make you guys much more efficient in your relationships, in your comp, in your uh, communication. Like you're just going to feel like, okay, I know what's going on here. Adam's a visionary, and I just put a big old wet blanket on his vision. Okay. Yeah. Carissa needs love and I just made her feel like I was indifferent towards her or I could take her or leave her as a wife. Like she's okay as a wife. Mm. Like we're no longer going to make those mistakes because mm. we know the core programming of our spouse. Mm. That's Fantastic. really, really good. Mike, thanks for our therapy session today. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. All right. Take Appreciate us to questions it. five and six, just for those yeah. who are listening. 
Totally. And, and again, all this is, uh, you can learn more about the, the all seven questions at primalquestion.com. You can take the assessment at primalquestion.com to learn your own primal question. But question five is, am I successful? And these are people who uh, grew up in typically competitive homes, homes where winning was everything, the scoreboard, sports, yeah, sports. And so their whole life is really a competition. And it's about, am I successful? And when they get a yes to that question, they're great. They feel alive. They're them. They're them. their best selves. But when they get a no, they lose, they fail, man, then they go straight into their scramble. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so again, if, if your emotional need for success is your emotional need, Mm -hmm. let's just own that and be aware of that. Uh, you know, the primal gift of am I successful people is, you know, they put that question over everybody else. They know how to make things successful. Mm -hmm. They know how to make business successful. They make great coaches because they know how to bring out the best in people. Mm -hmm. And so again, tapping into both the emotional need, but also that primal gift. Mm -hmm. And then question six is the question, am I good enough? This one's a very, very common primal question. And these, uh, Mm -hmm. this, imprint was typically you grew up in a fairly critical or judgmental home where you felt like you're never measuring up. And so these people tend to struggle with perfectionism. Mm. Uh, They struggle with feedback or constructive criticism because it feels like an attack and they can get really defensive. Um, But they also, because of their primal gift, they have the ability to to really unlock and see value in others. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a really, really, it's a, they, they tend to struggle a lot with shame because it just, they feel like they've never measured up. Okay. Yeah. Am I good enough? And there's just this constant sense of like, I am not good enough. And so I'm going to live in my scramble and do all these sort of things to figure out how people look to force a yes to, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Um, and that. so that's, that's question number six. Uh, and so those are all, all seven, um, there we're going to have pieces of all of those questions within us, Yeah. but there's yeah. one question this that dominant. is driving the ship. Mm-hmm. So a couple questions for the satellite qu- like question. So for a seven, would I relate then to the six and the one? Uh, you'd relate to the six. Yeah, it won't go all the way back to a one. In fact, an interesting thing uh, with couples is the farther your question is from your spouse's question, (laughs) the more difficult it actually is to connect. And here's why, because somebody like Adam, who's full of purpose and vision and changing the world would have struggle connecting with a Q1, am I safe? Somebody who wants to stay home and just be safe. Mm-hmm. That is true for my yeah. friendships, for sure. Yeah. Cause I'm like, well, aren't you thinking about the bigger stuff? You know, like, right. let's talk about that. Like, I don't no. want to talk about the weather. Or... <laughs> right. they're, they're not thinking about that stuff because <laughs> they're thinking about safety or security. Yeah. And so again, I'm not saying that's a, a curse on your relationship or yeah. impossible to work through, but it's something we have to be aware of. I have a yeah. pastor friend in New York and his primal question is, uh, do I have purpose? And so he's, he wants to change the world. And his wife's a Q1, am I safe? And she just wants to stay home and she wants him home. And so mm-hmm. that is the 
the core thing in their marriage that they have to manage and talk about all the time. Mm. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. Sure does. And could you have two or like you said, you have that one dominant and then pieces of the others? Yeah, definitely pieces of the others. Here's another thing that sometimes happens is we'll have the early childhood imprint of a Mm -hmm. particular question. Let's say you're, let's say, you know, purpose. Okay. For Adam, Mm -hmm. but let's say when you're 25 years old or 20 years old or something, you get attacked in an alleyway in a dark alleyway and you're, Mm -hmm. you're robbed and mugged. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, the Q1, am I safe, is now going to be something that an emotional need that you're going to have to manage in your life. Mm. Now, it's not the primal question because it's not the childhood imprint question, mm. but man, safety is going to be very relevant to your life because of that traumatic experience that happened later That's on. Good. That makes sense. That sure does make sense. Yeah. Wow. Man, for all you people listening, I'm sure you're spotting yourself mm-hmm. in in some of these questions. Um, where could people find your book and what other resources would you point them to to start this journey? Yeah, so um, the book's on Amazon and mm-hmm. that's probably the best and easiest place to get it. You can also get the book at primalquestion.com which has a website, the website's full of videos. I do a lot of different teaching on the different elements of mm-hmm. how the primal question works in relationships and in business, and obviously in our own personal lives. And uh, of course the assessment is also at primalquestion.com. Mm-hmm. And that's what I encourage everybody to do. Just go take the assessment. Yeah. It takes five, seven minutes. It's about yep. 20 quick, easy questions and you'll get the result uh, of what your question is. And then we'll direct you to a little video where I'll, I'll share more about what that question means and how it Im- its implications on your life. And that's just a really good way to get the process started. And so yes. primalquestion.com and then amazon.com for the book. So awesome. Good. We will link that in the show notes and we would also recommend folks go do it, take the assessment. It's free get the resources. Um, we're going to close out this episode, Mike, the way that we close out all of our episodes. And that's by asking you this question, rewind back to your first couple years of marriage. What advice mm-hmm. do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Uh, it, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And so, uh, I wish I would have just um, not been so worried about worried about getting to some destination mm-hmm. and just enjoy the the moments each day with my wife. We were like, I was too much in building mode and, you know, growing mode and getting to some place that I thought I had to get to. Mm-hmm. And I think I missed uh, a lot of opportunities just to connect more with my wife. Yeah. I fixed that now. I learned a really powerful lesson and we, you know, 28 years of marriage and uh, it's still going strong. And, but I I really wish uh, the younger version of Mike, somebody would have said, just enjoy, enjoy these days, enjoy these days Mm. with your spouse, enjoy these days with your small children, Uh, uh, savor that stuff a bit more because you can't get it back. So good. I love that. Thank you so much for your wisdom and your work. This takes so much time and effort and dedication to help the world. And we're so thankful for that, 
for thank that. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate you. Well, thanks, Adam you. and Carissa. It was great being with you guys. And uh, um, we'll have to uh, plan our next therapy session whenever you're ready. <laughs> for sure. We definitely need to. <laughs> thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Do you want help getting to the next level in your ministry or personal development? We would love to help coach you. I made this statement before. Everyone needs a counselor. Just think about it. Every person competing at the highest levels has someone in their corner. Yeah, leadership doesn't have to be lonely, and we would love to help you. Just shoot us a text, 916-678-1797. And you can also find out more information at DearYoungMarriedCouple.com. P.S. You don't have to be married to get some help. So just reach out, contact us. We'd love to walk alongside you. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.